0: Man, I'm so glad you're here. I think we need more chairs and a bigger space, everybody. Um, I'm so glad you're here today. I think sometimes at Christmas, well, you know what? I think that, that, that there's a gift that God wants to give you this Christmas. I think it, it's the first time in your history that Christmas could be what I've called the sermon series, just simply Christmas. Can you think of a, of a more uh, detoxing time a simpler time at christmas time i can't in all the time i've been alive and i think that god wants something like that for you this christmas we're starting a new series right now that i was going to call simple christmas but then creative wanted to call it simply christmas because it's a huge difference (laughs) so i'm need a new creative team no it's great I, i love it um simply simply christmas i think i don't know if you if you in your life right now feel like Like a mushroom. You know, joyful, joyful, that that powerful anthem to the Christ is like, it's so simple. What we need is the life of our hearts unfold like flowers before the opening to the sun above. Not a complicated existence. And I feel like this Christmas, God wants to uncomplicate you. Uncomplicate your life so that we can find the power of the Son of God once again. The sermon is called Uncomplicated. Here's my opening thought Crisis is opportunity wrapped in complication. Most people don't open the gift. Crisis is one thing, it's opportunity wrapped in complication. Most people don't open it. Most people just don't unwrap all of the gift. They just don't, don't unwrap because it's just wrapped on layer upon layer upon layer of, of complication. And you and I, I'm going to show you today. There's going to be a key that I'll give you right at the end of the sermon about how we unwrap the gift that God has for you. This could, listen, 2020, you could end the year in a victory lap. You could end it, and I'm, I'm telling you, I can feel it. Man, I was thinking if church is complicated right now, like we got to figure out a way to spread out a little bit or add a service or something. But, but if church is complicated now, you know what I was thinking this week? I'm like, you know, everybody's industry. I mean, your industry and everybody's industry is so complicated right now. You know, I was thinking, you know whose industry was very, is very complicated right now? Law enforcement. Because there was a day when all they had to do was catch bad guys and throw them in jail. And now they got to yell at good people to wear masks. You know, I was thinking to myself like, How complicated did their lives get in the last nine months or whatever it is? And I felt a little bit sorry for them after I was done laughing at them. Also, in other news, when you leave this parking lot, stop before you go. Somebody found out the hard way that legally we're required to do that. And so I was laughing to myself at the poor law enforcement people our friends. And I thought, you know what? Venue church is so generous. I thought, why don't we spend a few hundred bucks and get them a big gift hamper and put a bunch of nice stuff in there for them? And why don't we just drop it off at the RCMP station? We did that last week. Pastor Aaron and Crystal got this, all this cool stuff together and dropped it in there. I'm like, don't forget the metronome. That's my gift to them. Just like, tick, tick. don't complicate the gift pastor. Don't do it we didn't drop off a ticking gift for the RCMP. We took the metronome out. There was no metronome. And if you don't know what it is, somebody's Googling metronome right now. Hey, listen, you're totally free in the service to take your phone out and take notes if that's what you want um, to do. And, and, and it's good to write some things down. It's not good to play games in church or somebody behind you. It's like the movie theater is gonna grab your phone and airmail it for you. But there's something in your life that God wants to uncomplicate. You have to learn how to unwrap the gift. Now, listen, complication in your life is the devil's stomping grounds. You think when you get, when you get lost in sin, you come in here, and your life is a mess and family is a mess and finances are a mess. Complication is the devil's stomping grounds. Now, if this was the wild west and your life was a wild west, I mean, the devil would have a saloon called complication. He would be serving complication. His job is to distract you and to inundate you with information and to just get you overwhelmed and panic you and anger you and freak you out and get you outraged about all the wrong things and complicated to give you way too much information that that you can deal with. So, so here's how I know that our lives are way too complicated. Here's how I know if, did anybody get asked like, Hey, how was your week? And what did you respond? Here's what you responded busy. How are you this week? Busy. You watched 147 hours of Netflix and you just said you were busy. Oh man, you don't even know. My life is just so complicated. I got so much going on. Everybody's like, no, you don't, man. You're not even working right now. Why? Because in our society, the message we get all the time is the busier you are, the over committed you are to all the wrong stuff. And the, the more freaked out and running around with your head chopped off that you are, the more important you must be, right? Because very important people do that. Do you know what? That is not a sign of greatness and it never has been. Do you know what a sign of greatness is? Being able to bring order from chaos. Okay. To, bring, to bring, make simple things from complicated things. In fact, you can't even fix problems until you uncomplicate things. Sean, thank you. You can leave now. <laughs> We're besties. Sean and Nasty just got a new house by the God's grace. Listen, the economy that we're in doesn't have to be the economy that you're in. If you follow Christ, I mean, it says in the Bible that Isaac sowed in the land of famine and reaped a hundredfold. Impossible in that day. Like there was no fertilizer other than very natural fertilizer. And some of you feel like mushrooms and finally pick that up. Right. Am I right? And so Isaac sowed in the land of famine and God's like, Hey, because I can in a land of famine, I'm going to bless you. And God has blessed them. God is blessing some people in venue right now. I'm like, but I think that that God's power is in his ability to take the chaos of your life and the chaos of the world and just shrink it down and get to the simple. And when you think about that, um, it would take great faith. I was thinking as I walked out in in the city this week and I was praying, and it's like 8 a.m., and I have like multiple prayer times in the morning, and it's 8 a.m. because I get up at 3 and pray. (laughs) Like, we should believe him. He's a pastor, right? And I was out praying and I think it was like eight o'clock by the time I get out a few times and I get out and the moon is still out, which is all a mess. Like, I don't agree with that. I want the sun out and, but the moon's out and I'm thinking to myself, it would take great faith to believe in something like the big bang theory yeah, and all these scientists out there. I'm like, if I tossed a grenade over here, it's not going to put a bunch of beautiful people together. If there's an accident and you get T-boned by a semi out on the highway, it doesn't make a whole other car. That's beautiful. It doesn't make a Ferrari. And I'm thinking it would take great faith to cross the barrier that, hey, life happened by accident and here we are. When, When does order come from chaos without a great force applied to it for good, without the presence of God? And I think it takes less faith to believe in God who orders all things. Now the world is broken because God gave it to us. We turned around and sold it to the devil for five magic beans. And so the world is a broken place and God is bringing order and structure, but you can tell when God's hand touches your life or your marriage or your family or your parenting or your finances, because he has this ability to take everything that's complicated and get down. Did you know that, that, that great CEOs have an incredible inherent ability to take what's complicated and see through the, take the noise out and get it down and move it in one direction. You ever been to a really good psychologist? They're like, yeah, you came in here with 57 problems and 56 of them you're blaming your wife for. But here's the one thing. And it's not even on your list. You know, great prayer warriors. If you get prayed for after the service, great prayer warriors can hear that one thing of God that that he wants you to, to do. Just boil it down. Get all the complication. Remove the noise. Paul from prison, you know, Paul, the apostle from prison writes to his son, Timothy, and, and he's in prison, like probably waiting these are some of his, maybe his last words that he's going to say. And how many people know that his spiritual son, Timothy, you know, it's important. The thing you say on your deathbed is the most important thing. And, and Paul says, I can't impress this on you too strongly. And if you pray a scripture for me, pray this out of the message version, second Timothy four, two, I can't impress. This is my, my ministry scripture, by the way, this is what God gave me. And he's like, this is what I want you to do. And Paul says to Timothy, I can't impress this on you too strongly. This is like the ruling in a court. That's what that means. Like legally, this is what heaven is requiring of you, Timothy. God is looking over your shoulder. Christ himself is the judge. How many people know that that's a bit scary? Christ is looking over your shoulder like, come on. This is what you've got to do. With the final say on everyone living and dead, he is about to break into the open with his rule. And I believe that that's a promise for you for 2021. He's about to break into the open with his rule. So Proclaim the message with intensity. Yeah. Well, I got something right. I'm an intense person. My hosting team says I'm too intense, so don't talk to new people because you want to baptize them on the spot. Let's take you to the, the mop closet and baptize you. So proclaim the message with intensity. Keep on your watch. Challenge, warn, and urge your people. Then he says, Don't ever quit. Come on, you feel like quitting? Don't quit got to unwrap the package it says don't ever quit just you ready keep it simple now say keep it simple keep Keep it simple simple. (laughs) say it again keep it simple we used to say in the trades keep it simple stupid (laughs) y'all i was talking with jason jason heard that 50 million times y'all are soft (laughs) now you want to like keep it simple sweetheart Fine. Who grew up in industry here? Nobody called me sweetheart. Hey, you get, you talk that way to your guys. Chad runs a bunch of guys. Oh, how you doing? You feelings? Okay. Uh, keep it simple. Stupid. You know, I was an electrician, right? If you want to boil down a complicated electrical problem, you gotta, you gotta be able to get it down to its simplest form. And, and I would always tell young guys when I was trying to, you know, you get new people into the trade. I'd be like, Hey man, never take five relays to do what three relays could do ever. Keep it simple. Stupid. I didn't used to say that. I used to think that I used to say that this ability to take the complication and the noise in the world and get, get it down to its simplest form. You think that our lives in society is so complicated. Now it is far less complicated than, than Rome was complicating the world in the time of Christ. You're going to see how bad it absolutely was. And you're going to be like, Oh, if, if, if God can save mankind in that scenario, then God can certainly save Canada right now. Um, <laughs> we used to say it like this, like, Okay. I was, I was into a, a, the first time I was troubleshooting in what's called an MCC, which is big control cabinet with all bunch of relays and contactors that are running motors and it was a plant somewhere. And and I'm in there and I never actually had to troubleshoot something because motor, you know, 150 feet in the air, it wasn't working or I can't remember. And and the first time I was in here, I'd grown up kind of in housing in the trades as an electrician. And then I I get thrown into this and I call the the foreman up. Now, how many people know that I did not have a sensitive foreman who was in touch with his emotions? (laughs) Yeah, he touched my emotions. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. You know what he said to me? It's, yeah, figure it out. (laughs) Click. You know what he said to me? It's just a bedroom lighting circuit. I'm like, no, it's not. It's just a bedroom light. I'm like, no, Finally, I just yelled across across the phone. I know it's hard to imagine somebody like me yelling. I just yelled on the phone like, no, it's like 50 bedroom lighting circuits and they're all interconnected. You know what he said? it's just a bedroom lighting circuit. I broke it down. Turns out it was just a bedroom lighting. It's not that complicated. You just got to boil it down. You just got to dig in. You just got to unwrap the gift that God gave you in 2020. You got to unwrap it through the levels of, there's a key to unwrap it. If you can break it down, you can fix it. The devil will always add complication. He will always add white noise. He will always add drama. He will ramp your emotions up. This is what he's serving in his saloon and we keep drinking it, everybody. You know what one of the drinks in the devil's saloon called complication is? It's the drink called. I want to say it. Lord, I want to say it. Give me the courage to say it. It's a drink called blaming somebody else for your problems. I know you're here because you brought your spouse so that God can fix them. Newsflash. They brought you for the same reason. How did he know? Because that's why I came. <laughs> that's why my wife is obviously here. Bring me to church. You need to repent. You know, fair enough. Micah chapter six and eight says, no, o people, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you. You ready? It's not complicated. To do what is right, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. Yeah, yeah. Just boil it down to that. What about all the commandments? Yeah, if you do these, then uh, yeah, you do those. To, to do what's right, it doesn't say to love justice. Some of you love justice a little too much. We've got to love mercy. It says to do right, to love mercy. That's what God does. If God loved justice, he wouldn't even be here, man. Right. He loves mercy. No, no, he does what's right, but he loves mercy. and He walked, And to walk humbly with your God. When I think about that in my life, I think one of the main influences has been my father. Where's, where's is dad in this service somewhere? No, he's not. He's out there. Oh my goodness. Somebody say, Pastor Richard. Pastor Richard. No, he's probably serving somewhere. You know, I um, obviously grew up my dad's home. And then I, I volunteered for him in, in the church that he had for 30 years. I volunteered for him and then I served him. And now um now I'm the boss. And he <laughs> retired, but I'm like... Tell you what why don't you keep working for me and i won't pay you and uh and dad said yes and so that's and my mom and dad are so great when i think about my dad you know i think <laughs> they're so great yeah, i don't know why i didn't stop this when i think about my dad you know and i think about my dad he's not a complicated man he's simple he's a simple man he's so simple that he's not offended by me calling him simple He would be actually offended if I call him complicated, but he doesn't get offended. So he wouldn't even be offended by that. Anybody want to try to like, just be an undefendable person. It's Christmas time, man. There's going to be all, it's going to get complicated. Now your families and extended families is like who comes and who's afraid of COVID and, and who's and who this and rules and what do we do and how do we, and, and you know, it's going to get complicated. You've got to put yourself in a place where you just decide you're just not going to be offended. Well, I can't decide I'm not going to be offended. People hurt me. No, you d- offense is a choice that you make. It's a choice that you make. You can choose to forgive or you can choose to be offended and drink a bunch of poison and get bitter and weird and angry. And give it back to God and be like, okay. That's for free. The first service didn't get that one. You know, r- write that down, everybody. Now, there's nothing very complicated about my dad. He's very predictable. I know what he's thinking most of the time. He's not complicated. I know what he's probably going to say next most of the time. He's not complicated. Some of you need to be a little more predictable. Like, when you say you're going to do something, you need to do something. Or you need to, like, die in the attempt to do something. My dad, he didn't say much, but what he said he was going to do. Now, once he finds the truth, this is one of the best things about my dad. Once he finds what's true, he runs the play. You know what he doesn't do? Try to find... Something that's not true because he's bored. He doesn't scratch an itch and keep looking after he finds the truth. He just runs the plate. He finds the principle and he's like, oh, I'll just do that. And then he does that. He takes his energy and executes the principle and it works. And he doesn't like just get distracted with the next thing. And man, you can't distract my dad. My, My mom and I were a little more complicated. We're Irish. Was he allowed to make fun of his own race? Yes, I am. One time, I, I I I'm a talker, right? And so I had my mom just about talked into something, like 99% of the way talked into something, and she does the one percent. Well, that it sounds like a really good idea. Okay, and then she says, "Ask your dad," and I'm like, "You know what I said? No." I'm ask my dad. She goes, "Why not? It sounded good." I said it's not going to sound good to him. He knows, he knows that I shouldn't be asking for my dad. One time I, I walk into the room and I, and I open my mouth to ask for something before I got a word out. He looks at me and sees what's going on. And he's like, no. And walks out. Just let me simplify your life. I mean, I'm like, fair enough. I shouldn't have been asking for that in the first place. You know, now, now my wife, um, I was talking with her about this, and I've shared it in church before. She had a very complicated friend named, named Stina when, when, before we were married. Now, Stina, when, when we first started dating each other, and dating me would be an amazing, <laughs> amazing experience. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Romantic. And flowers and what have you. And, <laughs> and so anyways, <laughs> you talk to Aaron about that. Um, but she had a friend named Stina. Now, Stina was out of, out of the country uh, going to school, and so she wasn't around for our whole dating process. So, so then I meet her, like, when we had already been to the place where our families, where we like, okay, we think God wants us to get married. And so our families are on board, uh, the church, uh, you know, my, my dad, the elders, everybody was like, yes, we feel like God wants you to do this. And then, then her, her friend Stina comes home, and she wants to take me out for coffee. I guess, I didn't know it was like, more of like a girls do you ever do this, like a job interview? I just thought it was like getting a cup of coffee. So I, I went, went back after and, and Aaron called me and she's like, how was it? And I'm like, it was good. Like it was coffee and we had a good chat. It turns out I didn't, I didn't pass her job interview for, for marrying her best friend at the time. She had some concerns. <laughs> Can't, can I blame her? She's like, I don't, I don't see the fruit of the spirit in, you know, in Corey's life what do you mean i'm not patient you idiot (laughs) i'm patient i didn't say that but i was thinking it fair enough she 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 was her life was very complicated because she was uh, very confused because she was calling herself a christ follower but she wasn't going to church she she didn't you know i'm like well who's her pastor because in my mind like you got to be answerable in your life to somebody and if you're not man you're gonna get weird and so like, and when Christians get weird, it's really weird because then all you have to do is be like, and God told me to, and everybody's like, God told you to what? God is God an idiot. It's very confusing because what you just did was what idiots do. And God, this is why you need people in your life that you answer to, man. You just need your small group leader needs to be like, hello, you're being a crazy person. Your wife is scared of you. I mean, you take shots at your husband in the middle of a small group. What do you like at home? Oh, too, too far, too far, (laughs) too far, pastor. Hurt my feelings. Stina's life was very complicated and she, she felt like she had a revelation from God for us. And I'm like, we already got the revelation from God. So she went around to all of Aaron's friends and now she's talking this revelation that's from God ish. (laughs) And she's going around to Aaron's friends and, and we're getting worked up and the drama's starting to rise and, and, what we, what we didn't know was that God was working on an upgrade, but, but sometimes before you get an upgrade, you got to offload the software or whatever the heck that computer people do that you're running. And, um, and so we're sitting at mom's mom's kitchen table. So we went there and we're talking with mom about this and we're like, what do we do? Like we you know, it's very confusing and she's doing all this. And my dad walks in simple dad. He walks in. And my dad's not like super emotionally in- engaged with uh, whatever. And so he just looks across and he can see, even he can see like, he goes, What's was wrong? And I gave him the 20 second Coke version, which is always the best version because <laughs> it only takes 20 seconds. And he hears it. He's like, uh, I said, yeah, Aaron's friend who was supposed to be her maid of honor, yeah. who acted so poorly that she got herself uninvited from the wedding. I'm like, we don't want you at a wedding that you don't agree with, as if anybody's asking you to. It's like Fiddler on the Roof, man. I'm not asking for your permission. <laughs> Nobody knows what Fiddler on the Roof is. <laughs> so uneducated. I live in a bubble. I preach like the Avengers and you'd get it. The <laughs> my dad's like, Avengers, what? I, t- I tried to explain uh, Star Wars for my dad one time, and he's like, okay, so what is it? Well, it's like um, spaceships and lasers and, you know, Ewoks dad's like, I don't get it. Anyways, I don't think he's watched it yet. He's not complicated. So, so what happens is, what's, what's what, ha- what happened was, Dad walks in and he's like, he gets the twenty-second version. Then you know what he says? A life-changing moment, an uncomplicating moment. You know what he says? Well, first he he just snorts, <laughs> and he says, "That's about right," and walks out of the room. <laughs> that was his first and his last thoughts on the matter. He'd seen it before. It was just a different person now. You know what it did? Oh. Oh. Stop talking about it. What are we talking about? God already spoke. Run the play. God would speak to you. Hey, can I say something? Why don't you stop watching the news and start reading your Bible? Well, the Bible doesn't know what I'm going through right now. The news doesn't know what you're going through right now. The Bible absolutely does. I'm going to show you how similar societies were to the time that Christ came. You know, sometimes, you know, at Christmas time, at Christmas time, we, we, we want it to be about us, right? When, when I'm thinking about Christmas, I really want to be Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, I want people to bring me presents and, you know, I want wise men to come and bow before me and, you know, bring me gold and Frankenstein and myrrh. And I want, I want... I want shepherds and I want angels to sing and I want to wake up and feel special on Christmas morning. And sometimes at Christmas in 2020, y'all, sometimes we want to be Jesus. And Jesus is looking at you and he's like, I just actually, that job is filled already. Um, I just need a donkey. And you can do that because you already have been actually. And you could actually, sometimes Jesus is just looking for a donkey to ride into town that's your victory lap. You thought it was you. No, Jesus, it's his victory lap. He's just going to ride a donkey around the track. Everybody's going to be cheering, but not for you. Cheering for what God did in you. Cheering for what God did in your family. Cheering for what God did in your finances. Cheering for what God is going to do in 2021. Now here is the scene that, that the world was in right now. Um, a, a man who called himself Augustus Caesar who was born octavian so i think that um julius caesar was like his great uncle or something like that and and he had just defeated antony and cleopatra and so he had consolidated the roman world in the mediterranean basin so this was the world as they knew it in the mediterranean basin before that this is the uh, economic uh, situation of their time this is what was going on hugely racist brutal um, economic like super rich and starving dead poor you know And, um, and sickness. And like, I mean, everything that is wrong in in life was happening at this time. Um, trade diminished Durant says, uh, investment stood still interest rates, soared. property values fell morals, which had been loosened by riches and luxury had not been improved by destination and chaos. Anybody pick up a new, not great addiction during this time for a few conditions were are more demoralizing than poverty that comes after wealth, Alberta. Rome was full of men who had lost their economic footing and then their moral stability. Citizens who had seen their savings consumed in taxes and inflation of war and waited for some returning tide to lift them back to affluence. Now, Augustus Octavian, he brings stability, but the way that he brought stability, and this is what we need to be careful of, is he demanded absolute authority. And he brought some stability, but, but, but watch this. Um, he, he, he and his reign brought some sort of stability over a couple of hundred years, but it was a, a nasty, like, do what we say kind of thing. Um, Durant on the title Augustus, he says, hitherto the, world had been, uh, the word had been applied, the word Augustus, only to holy objects and places and to certain creative or augmenting divinities. Applying it to Octavian, it clothed him with a halo of sanctity and the protection of the religion and the gods. So now he takes a religious mantle... You know who takes a religious mantle of, if anybody other than Christ takes a religious mantle of a country, we are in trouble. La Torre says, uh, Augustus and his successors had not solved the basic problems of the Mediterranean world. They had obscured them. For what appeared to be a failure in government, they had substituted more government, and government was not the answer. And everybody in government would say, amen to that. Why is everybody looking at us to fix the problem? There is one who can fix the problem in Canada right now. There was only one in this time who could fix the problem. There has only ever been one who can fix the problem, and that is God. (laughs) We can't fix your problems. Nothing can fix your problems but the God who made you, the God who created you. Now, heaven's response was ultimate simplicity. Now, watch Mary's response to heaven in this. It could be your response today. It doesn't need to be complicated. Mary was not complicated. She was a teenage girl. In the sixth month of elizabeth who is is who's pregnant with john the baptist it was a a relative of mary's god sent the angel gabriel to nazareth a village in galilee now you're thinking like you've heard if you grew up in church jesus of nazareth like now it means something but back then nazareth was a, a no account town didn't even have a good water supply what do you mean good water supply well water that's where water comes from okay do i need to back this message up like a lot Okay, so it's like a, it would be like uh, living in a town without a 7-Eleven. That's how we got our kids to move to Airdrie. There's a 7-Eleven a half a block from our house. We're done. We're in. Good. Um, now, Gabriel, the archangel of heaven, comes to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. This is where you and I get a little bit tripped up because the angel doesn't care what you think. She, she's confused because she's trying to guess what the angel means rather than just hear what the angel said. You're trying to guess what's going on all the time. You're trying to predict the future. Don't think for angels. I'm not even sure that angels do that much thinking. What do you mean? You think that powerful think all of the time? The word angel means messenger. They hear something, they go and do it. Then they go back for more. It's not rocket science. Don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her you have found favor with God. Now she's afraid. Why is she afraid? Because she's thinking too much. Like, I hate to break it to you. (laughs) Why are we spending all this time trying to think and figure everything out all the time? God has. He he knows the way through. He's got a plan. Relax. The angel says, you will conceive and give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus. She's like, that's a problem. He'll be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Now Mary... I love her heart and her naivety because, you know, if a woman had, had got pregnant out of wedlock then, like it was grounds for stoning, like not like stoning, drug stoning, <laughs> throwing stones at you till you stop breathing. That's kind of stoning, but she asked, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. Like she's like, I don't know much, but I feel like. Here's the funny thing. She asked a clarifying question. I think... Here's the, the thing that'll blow your mind. What if she didn't ask a clarifying question? Could God still do it anyways if she didn't understand? Some of you are trying to figure out the formula when God's like, I have figured out the formula. You will never figure out a formula. If you just run the play, you'll win the race. But she asked a clarifying question. And, you know, I think that the angel Gabriel, I don't think he's that complicated because I think he's like... Well, she's like, how will this be? I'm a virgin. And I think he's like, maybe... I just came with a message like God is there. Would you like to add to that? Okay, here's something. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the baby will be born to be born, will be holy and he will be called the son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will not, never fail. Now ca- catch up. The word of God will never fail. Your word will fail. Your thoughts will fail. The word of God will... You need the word of God right now. You want a victory lap? You need the word of God to end 2021. Mary responded. Watch her response. Can we respond this simply, this naively? She responds. I am the Lord's servant. I'm a servant girl of the Lord. I'm not important. May everything you have said about me come true. Not everything that I said. Not everything my mom said. Not everything that my boss said. May everything that you said come true. And then the angel left her. The angel's like, good. That's what I was, I need a permission. Good, good. Luke chapter two, at that time, the Roman emperor, remember Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman empire. Uh, verse 3 all return to their own ancestral towns to register for this census you're like oh this is good the bethlehem story this everybody was a huge pain in the neck and it was only put in place to tax the living heck out of the world so it's like hi everybody taxes are going up and we need to know where everybody is and joseph's like this is 80 miles away and my wife is very pregnant y'all And my air ride on my donkey is not working. (laughs) Try it sometime. You all got to put yourself into it. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem. He traveled there from the village in Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting. And while they were there, you ready? The time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. The most complicated political and economic and racial and extremely unhealthy culture, immorality and divorce and abortion and pain and slaves and I mean just worse than anything you can imagine unless you didn't grow up in Canada. Maybe you came from a different place where this is going on right now. God's solution to all of this is not to come and call kings to the party, but he came to call shepherds to the party. Not to come and use a chariot, but to use a donkey for Jesus to ride into Jerusalem. There was no room for them at the inn, so they were likely staying in stable and, and he gets wrapped in strips of cloth and Jesus, the son of the living God, gets born and laid in a manger that used to feed cattle because he doesn't need all the trappings to fix the world. He's got unlimited power at his beck and call and watch how complicated everything was to how simple it, it got and I believe that your 2020 is going to start and get complicated and end uncomplicated. And I believe that if you seek the manger and seek the Christ in the manger, that the simple power of God will come to you. Did you know that that I think that the strips of cloth were symbolic because when he died on a cross and was put in a tomb, he was wrapped with strips of linen. Simple, simple little prophecies, simple little connections. He was wrapped. You know, Jesus came for one reason and one reason only. This is the key that will unwrap the complication around the opportunity God has for you right now. He came for one reason, sacrifice. Now you and I need to stop asking about the complication and getting, we need to turn off some things and we need to get back into the simple faith of our forefathers and back into the Bible and and ask the one question that Mary asked, what do you want me to do next? What sacrifice can I make? Joseph says, okay, what can we do? How do we raise? How do we, God, what do you want me? To, the sacrifice unlocks the gift. The sacrifice, God, okay, I want you to fix all of these things, but I'm just going to put them in a box over here. What did you want me to sacrifice next? Father, I pray for every person that you would unlock the sacrifice and unlock the gift. In every person's life that comes struggling with something today and worried and afraid and fearful and angry and you're regretting a lot of things the past months. I pray that you would unlock one sacrifice for them to make. Just one thing for them to do today, Lord. Before the day is out, before the week is out, we would do just the one thing, sacrifice the one thing. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.